the re-ups, a hell of a buzz Rick James said cocaine's a hell of a drug Who else could put the hipsters with felons and thugs And paint a perfect picture of what selling it does This is for the critics who doubted the chemistry Two different worlds, same symmetry In this black art, see the wizardry When you at the top of your game, you make enemies You'll never finish me Trouble on my mind Welcome to the Bucket Drop Podcast, episode 49. Can't believe that I'm at episode 49. Actually, I can't believe it. It's uh, like the boys say, it takes uh, a bit of work to do the podcast thing, um, especially when you're doing interviews and you have to uh, do some editing um, and the research. Uh, but yeah, it's been fun. I met some great people along the way. Uh, Joe Lizito at Coliseum Chronicles, he has a great podcast. Um, I'm probably going to do uh, one more episode for 2020 and uh, decide next year if I'm going to restart. Um, just the baby's growing fast and uh, I want to be there for her. You know, she's starting to crawl. Beautiful, beautiful little girl. Um, thank God for her mom because, uh, you know, she definitely uh, takes after her looks, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, like uh, go check out these guys while I'm uh, on hiatus. Um, I'm going to do one more episode, as I said, um, but Joel Azito at Coliseum Chronicles focuses on the New York Islanders and the guys that dropped the gloves for that team and their affiliates. So um, that Coliseum is where they used to play. Uh, I don't know if they're still at the Barclays Center, but uh, anyways, um, so I'd like to have Joe on uh, maybe next year. We can do, uh, you know, the the top 10 uh, UFC fighters. Uh, That'd be fun. big fight coming up on September 25th might determine one of those guys on that list um, Ad- Ad- Israel Adesanya is fighting Paulo Costa um, the eraser as they call him and uh, yeah the bad blood is boiling um, I don't know the way that Adesanya came to the tops uh, in only one year you know they put a lot of uh, they pumped uh, the shit out of the Conor McGregor tires um I think uh, that wagon's uh, gone into the bush there. Uh, he's done well with his uh, his uh, whiskey. Um, I think he's more of a businessman now, so what's the point in fighting and uh, rattling your brain inside your skull? Because uh, God knows he's done some stupid things uh, after his uh, outside of his fighting career, so maybe uh, there's a link there. Um, so yeah, really, uh, really good fighter in Israel Adesanya. Um, he's defended his title a few times against some beasts like uh, Romero. That fight was pretty boring, but I think uh, the matchup, like the matchmakers did a good job on this one. Um, Adesanya has this crazy style, um, very flexible. Uh, it's almost like art inside the, the cage, very uh, a la Spider uh, Silva, um, which they fought before as well too. Maybe if he goes up and fights John Jones, um, that'll uh, cement his legacy as uh, the GOAT, or one of the GOATs anyways. Um, I still think that GSP is the GOAT, uh, but you know, if Adesanya does that, it'd be hard to uh, not have him in the conversation. Other podcasts to listen to, um, check out my friend Darren at The Fourth Line Voice. He just had uh, McWilliam on his podcast. Uh, that was a great one. He played with uh, Todd Ewan and his brother Dean, um, obviously uh, the late, great Todd Ewan uh, that everybody remembers from that one-punch KO on the greatest of all time in uh, Bob Probert. So uh, definitely 
go listen to his podcast. Like he says, you'll always hear a name that you uh, that you know. You know, like I said, Todd Ewan and uh, Dean Ewan. Uh, Dean was a tough guy in his own right. And the the good thing about like these hockey podcasts, it shows that these guys were not just goons. You know, I know that that's a very hated word by enforcers. You know, but. Uh, they're hockey players too you know I mean not everybody can do that job it's the hardest job in pro sports definitely they deserve some respect and kind of why I did my top 10 uh, current enforcers in the NHL because there's still some guys and obviously you have to know how to play and uh, like Darren was saying on his podcast um, you know not him but I mean uh, McWilliam was saying that that uh, Todd was a phenomenal junior player you know, he was very uh, great at skating. He said he was one of the best skaters that he saw, and uh, but he was just tough as nails. And back then, you had to do that in um, in the Western League. So, you know, go check out his podcast. Great podcast, very in depth. Doesn't leave a stone unturned. And uh, as well, uh, my buddy that I was talking to yesterday, I didn't check the, the final score, uh, but I was watching the Tampa versus Boston game, and uh, he's out in Tampa. Uh, so uh, bringing some hockey to the states and uh, great podcast with five for fighting so um, I'm gonna give the, the each of the Twitter handles afterwards because uh, you know they 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 talk about their podcast on their Twitter um, so uh, he, he just had Curtis Tidball had some difficulties with that episode because the file was corrupt and I can't imagine dealing with that bullshit um, I've said before that I've had uh, Sean McMorrow and I had an issue where it's not that I didn't press record. It's like something like I had a trial version, I guess, of a program and it only like recorded like five seconds. So it was like, a, I don't know, I guess it was like a trial. I, I It's weird because it told me I had 30 days. But anyways, uh, my own fault on that one. It's never happened again, thankfully, um, because even in today's podcast, uh, I forgot one of the steps. Uh, when I do the recording, and I did it with Daniel Amesbury, so he started telling a story, and then I was like, whoa, 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 just wait a second, we gotta restart, and he was cool, he said the story the same exact way, so anyway, sorry Sean again, if you're listening by any chance, um, Sean was a great podcast, uh, but I mean, he was on Darren's, and he did it, you know, probably a similar thing on his, uh, maybe, well, obviously it was better, I'm not you know, like it was like one of my first episodes too. Um, so go listen to Darren's uh, Sean McMore episode at Fourth Line Voice. Sean uh, holds a record uh, for the most, uh, I think, fights in one season when he was playing in the LNH. So go check that out. Their Twitter handles for Five for Fighting um, at and oh yeah, and that episode was really great. But with Tidball, by the way, um, six hundred thirteen fights. You know, come on now, that's insane. Um, but yeah, at Five for Fighting, the number five easy to find okay he has like a logo and he has like all a bunch of the fighters that you know fought in the lnh that little uh clip it of uh joel terrio uh, when he was playing with uh, laval there and he's like just uh spinning the shoulders talk about a crazy guy that joel terrio on the ice um i would have loved to have him on the podcast i speak french so hopefully you know and i'll do the translation thing that i did when i did my gabby rock episode so um, and then at Fourth Line Voice, the number four, uh, go check him out. Um, and he also has a YouTube channel. So if you do uh, Fourth Line Voice uh, on YouTube, you'll find his channel. Over 2,000 fights. Uh, I watched a good one with Ty Domi and Kevin Kaminsky, a guy uh, oh, was really tough, Kevin Kaminsky. Um, another guy that could have, you know, been a, 
a star, you know, because he, he was a really good hockey player, but he, he liked the fisticuffs. He liked it too much. You know, like everybody says, you know, not one person is sitting when uh, you're fighting. That's what Curtis said on uh, Alex's podcast, cause, right? Like, uh, you, you, only the fans of the team that's scoring will stand up. But in a fight, everybody's standing up, you know? Forget about your popcorn in line and go watch the fight. There's a reason everybody's yelling. Uh, at Fourth Line Voice, like I said, go check him out. YouTube page, bunch of fights. Um, and he has, I really really encouraged to watch the battle of the enforcers if you don't think it's the hardest job in professional sports go check out the battle of the enforcers and then uh, go check out coliseum chronicles um he's on twitter at coliseum chronicles he has a bunch of merch i have to buy some hoodies to do a christmas uh picture with uh my daughter too so i'll get her a little uh, a little onesie because he has even kids clothes think about that i only got hats right so but buy a hat you know if you want to support the enforcers you know, and uh, if you've dropped the bucket yourself or thought about it, just respect the role. Um, and uh, five dollars of every hat goes directly to the Children's Treatment Center that help this children that are survivors of child abuse. Um, they're dealing with something that I can't even imagine. Um, and at such a young age, when uh, you know your brain is still developing, uh, it's really sad that things like that happen in the world incredibly sad and they need counseling and stuff and that stuff's not free Nonprofit organization here in the sdng children's treatment center they usually organize all kinds of events to raise money to pay these uh, people that are helping these kids uh but they can't right now because of covid so buy a hat i'm tr- just trying to help out and uh if ever it seems like i'm bragging about you know oh i donated 100 bucks or whatever if i say i it's not me it's you guys right it's you guys that are purchasing the hats so i'm making the donation on behalf of you guys and uh i'll post the uh i guess not the receipt but like the well i did post the receipt but i'm saying i'll post what they write back to me because that's what they said last time they said on behalf of all uh what did they say we thank all old school hockey fans because when I donated the hundred bucks, I said this is from old school hockey fans, you know, and uh, that's what they said. Well, thank you all old school hockey fans. Whenever uh, they got the donation, so if ever I say I'm donating it, it's it's you guys. But right now I'm at seventy bucks, so I, I donated a hundred bucks from you guys already, and uh, we're getting close to that mark. Uh, thanks to one of my former guests and enforcer. Dan Fornell that donated his $5. I'm matching every $5. So I was at 65 with Dan's uh, donation. I matched the $5. We're at 70. So keep buying hats. I'm matching every donation until we get to 100, guys. And uh, yeah, they're cool hats, man. Mesh back. You, you guys are probably listening to this and like, man, it's all fucking ads. When he's going to start talking about shit? Uh, snapback, black with an uh, orange logo, but they're badass hats. Alec wears it for, for golf. I wear it for tennis. I wear it all over the place. I've been through uh, two or three of them already. Uh, but yeah, very comfortable. I got a big noggin. If you've got a big noggin, you know, unless it's really, really big, you might be on the last little snap. But hey, it fit on uh, John Morasti. So, you know, there you go. And uh, according to a lot of guys that fought him, he's got a head like a bowling ball and uh, as hard as well. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, Kevin Kaminsky, actually, I talked about him a little while. I thank him because he sent me two 8x11 photos of himself signed and personalized with the the uh, tanks that I bought. Um, and he his tanks too, eh? If you buy tanks from him, it goes towards uh, mental health. Um, he's an advocate for mental health. So uh, buy yourself a tank top from Kevin Kaminsky. I don't sell those. 
So if you, you want a hat, buy it from me. If you want a tank top, buy it from him. He sells hats too. You'd look pretty badass if you're wearing a bucket drop hat. Not because of my podcast, just because you're supporting the enforcers and you're wearing a Kevin Kaminsky killer uh, killer hockey shirt, right? Because he, he runs hockey schools too, but they're really good quality. Like I freaking strongly suggest it. And Joe, Joe's tanks are awesome, like I said earlier. So yeah, I think that's about it really. Um, I'm going to get into my uh, You Might Be a Loser's. So if you're trolling on Twitter, you might be a loser. Just saying. I'm not going to get into the whole argument. Some name calling went went around. Um, You know, the thing is, when I call somebody a name, I don't care if they say like, all right, well, I bet you wouldn't fucking, or you never played sports, or you're, uh, you're a pussy in real life or whatever. I'll take you on. You know, I don't give a shit. Yeah, some guy... You know, because I didn't do a research before doing a post. I started calling me lazy. Not that it matters, but I've been to university. I got a degree, so I don't consider myself lazy. Uh, not that it means anything. Um, a lot of my friends I never went to college have a lot more money than me, and I have a lot better jobs than me. And then, uh, what do you say? He said, uh, at least I don't call professional athletes pussies. Referring to an earlier post when I said Weber was kind of being a pussy by not uh, fighting Voracek. Um, thing is, I fought a professional athlete, uh, a guy that played in the NHL. That was it, I think, really. And then, uh, yeah, I was like, hey, well, let's fight in a charity boxing event. I like charity. Oh, yeah, no, sorry, that's what it was. He said that um, I brag about my charity because my hat's, apparently I'm bragging about my charity. I'm not really bragging. You guys are the ones doing the donations. So um, how the hell am I supposed to sell my hats without advertising it, right? But anyways, that's all I was saying. Um, You know, let's do a charity boxing event. And turns out, I don't know if this is true, one of my Twitter followers, or friends, I should say, um, said, you know, oh, you know what's funny? This guy's always talking shit, and he lives in Messina, which is just across the water. So, just saying, put your money where your mouth is. If you're going to talk shit, I'm not saying anything, everything needs to end up with a fight, but I mean, charity boxing event, you know, you got the face masks, uh, it's only three rounds. And anyways, I made a joke, I'm like, well, at least one of us will lose, either by heart attack or by KO. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm not afraid of getting TKO'd or KO'd. It's happened already before in front of a crowd too. So what is it? The saying? Your Blonsky said it. If you're not losing, you're not fighting the right people. Right? So I'm used to losing. Um, I don't give a shit. And if it's for charity, but then this guy starts saying about my charity, he, he starts saying that he's, he does so much charity and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, I'm like, okay, well listen, uh, you know, let's do the charity thing. And then he starts using the excuse that, well, you better pay me if you want. What are you talking about, dude? We just said it's for charity. And then, uh, oh, well, you know, you better pay for my flight. Well, it turns out you live in fucking Messina. If that's true, I don't know. I didn't do my research. Sorry, man. And it was kind of the same scenario. Someone had just like said a statement and then I copy pasted it. And he's like, well, where's your research? Well, fuck, buddy. I'm rocking my baby. I just posted something. Maybe I was wrong on that part. Okay. I'll admit that maybe I was wrong on posting that little part people are listening to this like what the fuck is this guy talking about but anyways you might be a loser if you're trolling just saying if you're trolling and you can't back it up just fucking for once be a man in your life and uh if you want to like who cares if you get tko'd you might tko me so let's let's just do it for charity man let's raise a bunch of fucking money let's do it um but yeah no it's not happening i blocked him off my twitter just because the guy just you can tell he that's what he does you know that's he he gets off on that and that's about it to be honest you know gonna start some more fights on twitter hopefully and you know keep rocking out with my cock out having babies at 80 like like jagger 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 and jagger for that matter 
my great guest today is uh, Daniel Amesbury, true warrior man. Like, go on YouTube. I know everybody says this on their podcast, but go on YouTube. Check this guy out. Check his hockey fights. Guy's not the biggest. He's a bit bigger than me, but fighting guys like Kip Brennan. I don't want to fucking give it all away. But then off the ice on the lacrosse court, I don't even know what he's better at. If he's a better fighter on the lacrosse court, you call it a court? I don't know. Um, or if he's a better fighter on the ice. And uh, I think I have a reason why he's such a he has such a good balance. I think he used to be a BMXer. I saw a video on his uh, timeline on Facebook there. He was doing, uh, what do you call that when you, uh, you just ride on the back tire? Anyways, I don't know. It's pretty impressive. He was doing it with like an old school bike, like a 70s bike. So, uh, fucking guy's got some talent and different different things, right? Go uh, check out. What am I talking about? Go listen to this episode uh, right after this. See, I think I think I'm losing it, you know. So maybe that's why I'm retiring too for 2020. Um, and I hope you enjoy it. Buy some fucking hats. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Bucket Drop. And uh, take care of your K's. It's episode 49. Brought to you by Bonfire Shades. For the shades that get you laid, bonfireshades.ca. $5 goes towards men's mental health. And you'll save 10% if you use promo code VLAB. Today on the podcast, I got a guy who's played 144 professional hockey games in three different leagues from 2011 to 2014. He accumulated 788 penalty minutes, not too many minors, I'm sure. He took on all comers, no matter the size. Daniel Amesbury, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. Like I said, uh, you're, you're an absolute madman. So obviously, uh, not a small guy, but as far as enforcers go uh, and the guys that you're going up against... Uh, you know, uh, six foot one, two hundred pounds. Uh, you're not one of the biggest guys. Yeah, actually, it's funny too because I got an extra inch on there, <laughs> so I'm actually only six feet. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I'm doing good. I'm just, uh, yeah, man. I'm, I appreciate the compliment. I do take it as a compliment. You calling me a madman is as funny as that may sound to some people. You played hockey in BC, which uh, I'm sure there's a lot of tough customers. But uh, how did you figure out that uh, fighting was going to be part of your arsenal? Okay, so yeah, I actually have a good story in regards to that. Um, well, I, I grew up, so I grew up. I always had, I always had it in me. I feel like it, from a young age, I was always interested, and in, I wasn't, I wasn't. I had a couple kids that had bullied me a little bit in elementary school, and I remember standing up for myself a couple times. And it, yeah, I definitely had it in me. I, ha- I had it somewhere, and I just, I was taught respect very well. My dad was a prison guard and stuff like that, so he was tough. I always looked up to him, and he always made sure to. I had some pretty strict guidelines as far as if I was going to fight. I, basically, two two reasons is if you have to or you're protecting someone, essentially, was kind of some of the yeah. rules, right? Um, and then, yeah, there was a couple other little rules. But, yeah, so I remember I was trying out for a team, Junior B team, I think it was. Yeah, Ridge Meadows Flames, Junior B. Yeah. I was yeah. a bum, bubble player, I would say. Um, definitely wasn't guaranteed a spot by any means. And uh, I remember I got – I don't know if I hit the guy what first altercation I had with a guy, this is during tryout. And then we ended up both getting 10 minute major uh, majors. And so we're sitting in there and this guy was telling me that when we get out, I'm going to kick your ass. When we get out, I'm going to kick your ass. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like I still had a cage on and whatnot. And 
I was kind of like, okay, well, I guess I'm getting in one here. And this guy was, I think he was 21. I'm, I must have been 17 at the time. So I was like, I, you know, I'm fighting a fourth-year guy or whatever it is, a, you know, 21-year-old. He's practically, you know, the development in those ages, you people mm-hmm. grow quite a bit in those few years, right? So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm getting in one. And then we end up getting out, and as soon as we came at each other, like we kind of, whatever we we kind of we were playing hockey and then he ended up hitting me and then we right away kind of went and I actually ended up taking my own helmet off and I did really well in this fight and I was kind of like oh shit I just got in a fight in tryouts like I, it's funny because I, I this is how little I realized like back then I, I really didn't realize I could do that and use it as something to make the team because when I fought I kind of went into the dressing room I was like fuck man like and then the coach comes in and he's like, yeah, like high five me. One of these coaches, he's like, holy shit, we didn't know you could do that, blah, blah, blah. Like that kid's this and that, like tells us about whatever. I guess it was some tough guy and I, I did really well against him. And they were really surprised. And I, I was also, I was probably more surprised than they were because I didn't know I could do that and, and not be getting in shit for it or whatever, right? Like I thought, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't really think, realize how much of a skill it was to have. And so that was kind of my first experience. And, uh, uh, it kind of just grew from there. So I ended up making that team. And then before you know it, obviously you kind of end up just, I just kind of fell into that role and, and uh, the kind of person I am when I do things, I try and do, I kind of go balls to the wall. So when I fell into that role, I kind of just ran with it and just, uh, I want to say I almost absorbed this like character, I guess that on ice character, of someone that I was able to just kind of turn it on and be this, certain type of person and a shark in the water and make sure there's no one you know messing with my guys kind of thing and it was nice I could just kind of go out there and it was it was fun for me I kind of made it like a little bit of a game and I got a little a lot of enjoyment out of it and obviously from where it took me I got a lot more success than a lot of guys uh that probably had the same skill set as me that's pretty cool to hear man because uh you know you're kind of like a throwback because uh like I've watched a lot of your fights you know what I mean you don't uh you don't hold back at all at all and uh in junior alone, you had uh, 1,007 uh, PIMS uh, in only yeah. 126 games. So uh, you're you're a busy man, obviously. Uh, you know, uh, you always have that in the room with the you know the the junior B stories. But uh, is there anything memorable about those years that really sticks out to you? Yeah, actually, there was something when I was just talking about it. I was thinking about so. So I started out as like a middleweight, let's say, in this league. I was willing to fight, but I wasn't by any means fighting the tough. I wasn't looking for the toughest guy every game kind of thing, right? So yep. I knew who they were. I knew who the guys were. And I, I kind of, you know, my first year or whatever, I didn't necessarily dive right into those guys. Um, I think it was my second year. So my second season as junior. And then I I ended up, we were down 6-3. So we were playing in Port Moody. We were down 6-3, I believe. I Man, I remember this like it was yesterday. So we were down 6-3. They had a player. The captain of the other team was named Carson Bradshaw. And he was the toughest in the league, hands down. He was like a he fully developed man. I don't know at whatever age he was. Like, he was just one of those kids. He must have matured quick. But he was tough. And everyone knew he was tough. And basically, the whole the, no one would fight him in the league, right? So um, I knew this guy was on the other team. And, and uh, I looked at my coach. And I said, hey, uh, Tavis, put me out. Put me out. And he goes, okay, well, well, like, what do you mean? I was like, put me out. I'm going to go fight Bradshaw. And he looks at me like I'm nuts. He's like, no, you're not. You know, like, what do you, you're, <laughs> you're not going, you're not going Bradshaw. I'm like, yeah, I'm going out. I'm going Bradshaw. Put me out. Like, we need a spark here. We're down six yeah, three. For sure. So he's like, all right. And his last words that he said to me as I was getting on was, Ames, hang on. 
that's literally what he said to me. Like, make sure you hang on, buddy. Like, be careful. Like, he was, like, concerned about me. So uh, I ended up going out there, and I, I lined up beside Bradshaw, and I was like, hey, Brad, we're going. And he look, kind of looks at me, and he's like, you sure? I was like, yeah, we're going. He's like, all right. And uh, so we squared up, um, and I fucking dummied him. <laughs> I was, I wouldn't, it was, it, I don't know how it happened. I don't even remember what happened, but I broke his nose. I wouldn't say I dummied him, but it was a good fight. And I ended up definitely winning the fight. And I was shocked at what I couldn't even believe it. And then, uh, so I broke his nose, did really well. And then my team came back and won the game, 7 6. That's awesome. How a game can change, right? Yeah, just the energy, right? Because everyone yeah. on my team was probably thinking I'm going to get my head caved in. And then I ended up winning, and I surprised every single person in the arena, and the energy just switched. His whole team was just flat. My whole team was friggin' full of dynamite. And, uh, yeah, we came back and we won the game. And I would say that, that that was the fight that changed my life and changed my career as far as confidence and just realizing how much of the fighting is actually a mental game. And it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily what you're capable of physically. It's more so than anything capable of where you can, what you can do with your mind and, and uh, what sort of mindset you're going into the fight with. Cause I feel like in that particular fight, he had all the skill and ability to beat me in that fight, but I just came in, fuck it. I'm going to beat this guy up right now. And I just went in with that mentality where he was probably thinking lowly of me and he came in underestimating me. And it was literally, I just learned the psychology. I felt like I just kind of learned the psychology of fighting right there. So after that, I kind of just ran with that and just kept it in my mind where it didn't matter who it was. I don't like really, if, if I had to fight Brashear or whoever it was, I would just try and go in with that same mentality. Um, don't get me wrong. I would still have guys, especially when I got into the Central League, where I'd be like, fuck. You know, like, I'm going to have to fight this guy tomorrow. And there's, you know, there is some sleepless nights or some lack of sleep nights. And you're like, I'm not going to watch any of this guy's fights. I'm not going to watch any of his fights. And then you fucking watch his fight. And it happens to be a fight where he just knocks the guy out. <laughs> and you're like, fuck, why do I watch that? Try not to psych yourself out, right? Definitely the heart of a lion. Because, I mean, even if you had to fight Brashear, but some of those guys that you fought in the Central League, which we're going to get to uh, later, those guys were absolute monsters. That They were enforcers in the show as well, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there was a couple guys that I would put in the pretty in the in the heavy category in the show, right? Like, Definitely. I fought Kip Brennan twice. I fought Aaron Dubois yeah. twice. Those guys are uh, those guys are heavies. So exactly, exactly. And um, actually, uh, while we're talking about your junior B days, before we go into the pros, um, is there uh, any guys that you scrapped or played against in junior that you crossed paths with uh, later? In- uh, no, actually, not really. Like, no one that I actually was playing with. Or okay. played against. Um, but I did end up uh, have. I ran into a couple guys that I played with in like minor hockey and whatnot. I actually okay. had a funny story. I ran into so Colton Hayes. He played for the Missouri Mavericks, and I had no idea. I hadn't talked to him in years. I remembered him from when like minor hockey and whatnot. And I'm skating warm up, and we're in um, Missouri. So like I, I guess uh, just outside of St. Louis, I think it would have been, or maybe even in St. Louis. I can't remember where where the team was but we're anyways i'm skating in warm-ups and i hear Ames, and i'm like what the fuck i look over and i see colton hayes and i had like played with him in minor or whatever and he's like what the fuck are you doing down here like i don't even think he knew that i even played junior let alone was playing down there i didn't i knew him through lacrosse yeah and uh it was just yeah it was just a funny kind of a it caught us both off guard and like he was a pretty tough guy i actually fought him in lacrosse one time years ago in junior lacrosse and uh 
I asked him to fight. Uh, he was a pretty uh, decent player, but I asked him to fight, and he goes, Ames, he's like, I'll fight you in lacrosse. I'll fight you on the street. He's like, I ain't fighting me on the ice. Because <laughs> uh, I guess he wasn't the like, uh, whatever, I guess he wasn't the greatest at staying up on his feet or whatever. Yeah, he yeah. You know, you know, like, you can be you can be all the fighter off the ice, but if you can't stay on your feet or if you're not that great at actually, you know, some people, this is not their gig. So he says, Ames, you know, I'm in, your, I'm, I'm in your caliber of fighting in lacrosse. I'm in your caliber of fighting anywhere else, but I'm not I'm not going to step up to you on the ice. <laughs> I have to say, man, your lacrosse goals are almost as interesting. Well, they're probably more entertaining. Like, what came first? Because the lacrosse career and the hockey kind of intertwine when you look at it online. Um, yeah, so actually the crazy part about lacrosse, I didn't start playing lacrosse until I was already – I had already played my first season pro, I want to say. Okay. Is that right? No, no. It would have been uh, – I started lacrosse. The summer before I started playing hockey down in the States. So I had finished junior hockey. I pretty much thought I was done, whatever. And I have a funny story about this. So I I ran into one of my buddies and he played, he was a fighter. And and the way the leagues work is there's a summer league that's in Canada that we all still play in. There's a junior and a senior league. And like, it's a pretty good league. But in the wintertime, all those guys go and play national lacrosse league, pro lacrosse. Okay. Yeah. So there's so they can still come back and play summer ball. So he, my buddy, I ran into at the bar. He, he just had gotten knocked out down in uh, Buffalo against one of the toughest guys in the league. He was still playing junior in summer lacrosse, but he had only been maybe, I guess, 21 years old. He would have been. Okay. And uh, he got knocked out, and so I see me at the bar. He's like, "Games." Hey, he says, kind of jokingly, "You want to play lacrosse this this summer?" And he's played, and I was like, oh, kind of like joking around. I'm like, well, yeah, what? He's like, yeah, we need a, we need a heavy, blah, blah, blah. And then we kind of just got joking around. I was like, man, I'll come. I'll come to tryouts. I don't care. Like, never played a game of lacrosse in my life. I was 21 years old. And uh, this is a junior A team, mind you. Yeah. Uh, I think they were number three in the nation, rated number three in the nation that year. So I, I uh, he ended up kind of just being like, okay, well, I'm going to get the coach to call you. He's like, make sure you tell him you used to play lacrosse as a kid. And I was like, all right. So now I'm lying to the coach. I'm going to tell him I used to play lacrosse. And so I get a call from the coach. Like a couple of days later, I kind of forgot. We were a little bit drunk at the bar and we were talking. I didn't know if it was actually going to happen, whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. Get, a call, I get a call from the coach. He says, hey, this is Daniel Perot, uh, coach of New West Salmon Bellies. You know, we're looking at, we need some toughness. As you know, what happened with Irving, uh, he's not going to want to, you know, he's not going to be looking for anything this year. We're going to need a guy to kind of step up into that role, essentially, right? So he's like, oh, yeah, you got a history of playing lacrosse, this and that. That's cool. He's like, we could definitely tune you up or whatever, right? So I'm like, all right, tune me up. I go to my neighbor's house, my best friend since I was a kid, Trevin Granholm, uh, lived across the street from my parents, just whatever. We were brothers since, since as long as I can remember. I go over to his house because he played lacrosse. I said, hey, I need to borrow all your lacrosse gear. <laughs> I don't even have a stick. He goes, what? He's like, Daniel, what are you up to? Because, you know, he's, I was always up to something. I go, well, I got to go try out for uh, Salmon Bellies. He said, Salmon Bellies what? Like Junior B or what is it? Like, I was like, no, no, they're Junior A team. And he's like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? So I ended up, uh, so he, whatever, he lends me all his equipment. Um, I actually ended up. Yeah, so I ended up going to the tryout and uh, showed up there. I ended up being late. I had to get someone to drive me for whatever reason. I showed up late to the tryout. I didn't know how to put my gear on. I never put gear on before. I put my gear on in the hallway. I didn't even go into the dressing room, so I was late. I was just like, whatever, I put this on. And I put the shorts on that he had in the lacrosse bag, and they were orange shorts, and they said pylon. I guess there was beer league lacrosse team, and they said pylons lacrosse on them. So here I am showing up to lacrosse tryouts 
never even been on the floor before in my life, never been slashed, never had done any of this shit. So I'm like, this is like the movie Goon when you're skating out or the guy skates out and figure skates, just doesn't know what he's doing. That's legit how I felt. And I never had to really feel like that in hockey because I could skate, you know, and I could play. Yeah. I wasn't like, yeah. I never had to feel like a complete goon. You know what I mean? I always had like a little game in me. I wasn't sure. just out there. So it was like kind of out of my element. So I ended up trying out for this team uh, and I couldn't get anyone to fight me. I'm running around. I didn't even know what I was doing out there. I'm running around like a, a meathead. I couldn't even hang on to the ball. And uh, so I'm kind of just chasing the ball around like a little soccer kid, like a little kid playing soccer. And I'm yep. just asking everyone to fight. I'm flashing everyone, hey, you want to fight? Hey, you want to <laughs> fight? Asking everyone to fight. And everyone's like, man, we're not going to fight you. And then so I look over and I was like, hey, I look at, I look, I, oh, this is when we're on the bench. Like we're both te- benches are pretty close to each other. Everyone's it's the same team, right? So I look down yep. the bench. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to make the team here, boys. Is there anyone that'll fight me? Like, please, man. Like I'm like begging for a fight at this point. I need to show these guys what I can do. And everyone's like, no, man, no. And then someone goes like, whoa, what about uh, Patty Spencer? He's on your team. I was like, all right, done. So I went and put the other jersey on. I switched jerseys, went and played for the other team so I could fight a guy on my own team. (laughs) And then uh, we ended up having a good fight or whatever. And then I, whatever, I made the team. Some poor kid that played lacrosse his whole life got released for some kid that's never played a day in his life. (laughs) And then... uh, I actually, they, I guess their original plan was to send me down to junior B and then call me up kind of when they needed me. But I actually picked it up pretty quick. I guess just being around guys that were uh, way above my skill level, it just forced me to learn really quick. And uh, by the end of the year, I was getting isolated. So they basically what they do is they do it in basketball too, but they put like four guys on one side of the court and then they match the best player up against the worst player and just run them one-on-one. And I was doing that. They were doing that to me all game long in the Western finals and their best player couldn't beat me one-on-one. That's awesome. uh, Yeah. And it was just my strength and like, whatever it was, it wasn't a huge learning curve. I figured it out pretty quick as far as playing defense. It's not like you have to have the most stick skill, but uh, it worked out for me. And then when the draft came around the next year, there's a draft and I got drafted 11th overall. That's so pretty after, cool, man. after playing 13 games in my life, I got drafted 11th overall, and I've been playing lacrosse every year since and uh, actually signed with a new team this year. We we're kind of trying to make a man cup run, which is like the like the basically Stanley Cup of lacrosse. But uh, okay. we lost our season because of COVID. So oh, that's unfortunately, tough. but hopefully we'll get a chance to with the same guys that we all signed because they signed some pretty heavy duty guys. But yeah, that's kind of how I got into lacrosse. I started when I was 21. I think I'm about six seasons in now. And, that, and that's so, in Maple, that's Maple Ridge? Or? I was playing for Maple Ridge for every year, and then yeah. uh, I just signed with Langley uh, Langley uh, Thunder okay, this right past on. year. But, yeah, so they just kind of announced that the other day. But, yeah, man, that's kind of how I got into lacrosse. And I'll tell you one thing. I've been in a million hockey fights, and uh, I'm willing to fight anyone pretty much anywhere, anytime if I have to. And lacrosse kind of changed it, it definitely is a little bit scarier i must say because yeah uh, you know in hockey you can only get punched so hard if you guys are on their skates you know how hard of a punch can you throw when you're on your skates like you know that you're pretty pretty uh you got a lot of your power getting taken away but in lacrosse you're basically it's a boxing match with a, a jersey on essentially right like the, you can't go anywhere you can still you, you can still use the guy's leverage and pull him and swing you can knock a guy out way quicker in lacrosse than you can in a boxing match or in a hockey fight. Just because mm-hmm. you're in a boxing match, you can't grab them, you know? So it's like rock em, sock em robots, man. Lacrosse fights are no joke, that's for sure. There's a lot more guys getting cuts and bleeding and uh, and stuff like that. So 
but yeah, man, yeah. it's definitely it's been good, a good run. It's good because it's, it's all I can really do up here as far as playing a competitive sport. There's nothing really for hockey, obviously, um, up here. And so it's good for me. I get to play my uh, my summers or whatever. It's a short season, but uh, I still get get a lot out of me. <laughs> and your, your your stick skills are getting a bit better than obviously? Oh, yeah, way way better now. Like, I'm at the stage now where you probably wouldn't be able to pick me out. For sure wouldn't be able to pick yeah. me out. If you, I'm definitely not the worst player on the floor. I scored a goal in the Man Cup a few years ago, which is... That's, that's what I was going to ask you. I didn't, yeah. didn't want to ask you, but right on, right on. Yeah, yeah, which is, I mean, that's a, that's a Stanley Cup goal in lacrosse, right? So it's... Uh, yeah. It's funny because, you know, anyone can say whatever they want to me. That kind of became one of my go-to chirps when guys would be like, oh, what the fuck, blah, blah, kind of chirping me on my skill set. And I would just say, hey, how many nine cup goals do you got, buddy? There you (laughs) go. And do they ever hate that one? Yeah. Because when I grew up playing, uh, I I grew up playing a bit of lacrosse because I played uh, a bit of double-A hockey and stuff like that. Um, But that was definitely my problem is uh, handling the ball at lacrosse. So all I would try try to do is hit because I couldn't catch the damn ball. Yeah, well, uh, the the good part about when I started was in junior, they like that's when they start playing – they don't transition. So when you're playing defense, you don't even leave the defensive zone. So five defensemen will go out. And then when the one of the defensemen turns the ball over and they start running to the other end, everyone, all the D-men run to the bench and then five forward come out. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So I never was really like forced to handle the ball too much and even still, but, but I'm at the point now where I can, I'm, I'm confident with handling the ball and like it's, oh, for it's sure. pretty cool to see where I'm at compared yeah, to, you know, yeah. for someone that didn't start till he's 21. It's, yeah, I, I like it. It's a good challenge. Yeah, of course, and you guys are practicing and everything else. So, uh, yeah. actually, if we go back to our uh, to the hockey, uh, yeah, uh, we actually have a few things in common. Uh, not too many, but uh, but a few. So, uh, we both played for uh, one FHL team. Uh, oh, nice. You, yeah, mind you, I only played uh, one game for that same team that you played for. <laughs> nice. uh, oh, Danville uh, or Dan- Vermont? Yeah, the Danville Dashers. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was actually uh, I was gonna ask, did anything in particular happen for you to jump so quickly to the SPHL after playing only yeah. eight games? <laughs> yeah, actually, something did happen. So I got some guy got sent down, Morgan James. I don't know if you know who that is, but he got yeah. sent down. He got sent down from Columbus out of the SPHL, I guess, okay. for whatever reason. I guess he just I don't know what it was that they sent him down for, but they, he just wasn't doing it for them down there. And he was, uh, I want to say six six, maybe two forty, probably. Yeah. Um, and he, and the funniest part about this story, actually, I was playing for Vermont originally. I hadn't played any games for him, but I was practicing and living with all the guys and stuff. And um, uh, I was playing for Vermont, and then I ended up not getting any games or whatever. So then I got a release, and I was still living in the house with the boys. And then Danville came into town. And I signed with Danville and played against Vermont for two games over the weekend. Okay. So I played against the team that I was living with, right? So the funny part about that was, well, who did I end up having to fight? Morgan James, who was literally my roommate. Yeah. I, I lived in the same house as him. Um, and uh, I kind of guess – I guess I knew that if I fought him, he just got sent down. So whatever, maybe I can do it. He couldn't do down there if I can do well against him. But he was a big guy. And, yeah. uh when I first, when we first were going, I guess I hit him and like, I kind of was like, we're going. And then as soon as he turned around, I guess I kind of got a jump on him. And he's like, we were in the penalty box. He's like, what the fuck, man? Like, what was that? And I was like, dude, sorry. You're like, you're sick, sick, man. Like, what the fuck do you expect? And he's like, oh, fuck. He's like, all right, we're going again. I'm like, all right, well, we're going again then. <laughs> That's fine. Like, we, was, we were still buddy, buddy, right? So, so I know, I know now we're going again. So I gave my phone to the, 
the equipment manager on Vermont because I knew him, and I said, hey, if you could get a chance, record this. And uh, he's like, yeah, okay. And I ended up uh, squaring up with Morgan James and uh, doing really well against him. I ended up uh, kind of got a couple of really good shots in on him, and then he went down, and then um, the video got uploaded, and then I guess Columbus had seen that I had fought Morgan James, and then they had access to seeing the fight because it was on Drop Your Gloves. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, I ended up getting called after seven or eight games, I think it was. I ended up getting a call from Columbus, and they're like, hey, we've seen your fight with Morgan James, and basically it was that exact, exact fight. And if I never handed over my phone to that equipment manager, I probably never would have got called up. That's crazy, man. Just uh, yeah. the way the way things happen, and uh, thank God for uh, drop your gloves because that fight doesn't exist anymore. I know it's such a bummer, man. Like you know, I'm really lucky though. I I ended up because uh, it was cool. You could pull up a player and have our, every one of their fights, and it was so nice. Oh man, it's too bad that that's gone. But uh, I ended up uh, maybe about a year ago. I I I downloaded every fight off that website of mine. Oh, did you? Oh, so I have uh, I have about ninety. I think I want to say maybe a little less, but I got a lot of my fights uh, before that site went down, which is good. So uh, I think a lot of them are still on YouTube anyhow, but um, yeah, I ended up downloading them. So I'm, I wish that the site was still available though, man. It was so great to be able to just scroll through and just a good restaurant. So, I mean, hockey fights is great, but I just like the, the it, they had every video of every fight on Drop Your Gloves. It's crazy. No, for sure. And uh, yeah, like I saw that, I think you guys went at it three times that season, right? Yeah, I think so. We went two in that game, and then I think we went later in the SP. Yeah, later in okay. the air in the SP. And uh, I had a couple. I think I fought him five times maybe total or four times maybe. Yeah. One of them actually is there's a, a video of me fighting him, and the refs are wearing GoPros, and you can actually see the GoPro footage from the refs. Oh, really? Linesman. Cool. Yeah, I didn't do that well. He just swung me. I didn't really get my footing in at all, so he just – I guess his coach told him that was the best way to beat me is just swing me and keep me off my feet. <laughs> and it yeah, worked yeah. pretty well. So That season, the SPHL, you were a busy man, racking up 34 fights in 35 games. So, uh, you know, uh, like I, I know you're a guy that loves to protect his teammates, uh, but, like, uh, was it also a matter of getting in as many fights as you could? Uh, yeah, at that, at that point in my career, it was – I was I was promoting myself essentially. I was doing everything as far as being a, uh, making sure that I was you know a fan favorite when dealing with fans. And I love that too, being social. But at the same time, I was putting in the work because I wanted to get people. I wanted people to look around and be like, what the, "Who is this madman?" You know, if you see some yeah. guy that had, I think I had forty one fights that season between the SP and the and the Federal Hockey League or something like that. In like Probably, 43, yeah. 43 games, I want to say it is. Okay. So, uh, yeah, man, that, that I mean, to obviously turn some heads, and I ended up getting called up um, to Tulsa, I think, was when I am getting called up. But, yeah, it was uh, – it was def- it worked out, man. Like, I was just basically – I was watching the ticker. I was like, I'm finishing the season at the very top. I'm going to have the most fights. And, and it wasn't hard in that league, especially at that point, because I didn't really have a name for myself. So everyone was willing. You know, and, uh, yeah, it was – I'm glad I did. But, uh, but yeah, definitely when I got to the Central League, I wasn't looking for that many tilts because it was a little different caliber when I got over there. I don't think I could have handled 42 fights. In the SP that year, so that uh, that, that season, uh, you had a few rivalries with guys uh, fought multiple times. Um, yeah. 
like I, you, I'm sure you had some memorable fights, but uh, I'm just gonna throw some names at you. Uh, yeah. But let, let's start with uh, like you always fought guys that were huge. So like uh, Tyler Howard, six foot six. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's the, a big the, boy. Um, fuck, I remember being worried about him. I remember looking over my shoulder, being like, "Fuck, I gotta deal with this guy again." Like he yeah. was probably the only person in the league that I was really worried about. Okay. Um, so yeah, I had a couple tilts with them. I think I might have tried to get a jump on him a couple times too, even. But uh, that was one guy that I learned a lot from because I was going into those fights with him in the wrong mindset, and okay. I know I was, and I I don't think I did as well as I should have against them. But uh, I, I I went him a few times. I can't nothing super memorable. But if I remember watching them, I don't think I did as well as I wished. <laughs> Oh uh, well, the one that I watched was a, was a really good goal actually, uh, oh, yeah, okay. right right in front of the net. And uh, another name that jumps out at me is uh, Gabriel Butegano. Oh yeah, Gagnon. So I went him. Fuck, we were. I loved fighting him. He see he was tough. No one really wanted to fight him because he'd switch and go both ways. And he was a power to power guy. He always wanted his bang. So I was excited about him every game. Um, I think he was just as excited as I was too. He loved yeah. it. So uh, yeah, I think I don't know how many times me and him fought, but it had to be over three times, I would think. Yeah, you you guys just went at it like rock. We just went toe to toe every yeah, time. Yeah. We just went toe to toe, and we'd be switching and and uh, you know I I love that style of fighting is just going full tilt and uh, and just let's see who's who's got it and let's you know let's see who the who the real man is and that's kind of what I always like. But um, I kind of was getting coached out of that style that year because they kind of knew that I was going to be moving up, and my coaches were like, "Listen, man, I don't know if that style is going to fly once you start fighting." these NHL tough guys kind of thing. So I was just in the middle of starting to change my style up and be a little bit more technical, but man, did I love fighting gang on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. actually now, now that you said that you love the fighting, that kind of style, uh, did you have a guy that you, uh, I guess not idolized, but a guy that you looked up to, uh, like for that kind of style of fighting? Well, um, Gr- growing I up, I guess. Just- Growing up, so man, I like growing up. I was a YouTube guy. Like when I was like in junior and stuff like that, I was on YouTube like crazy. I'd seen them all, right? So yeah. you name the fight, I've fuck, I've seen it. Um, but one person, obviously, Morassi was like Morassi, bossy. Like I was really into these minor league. That, that's what I thought you might have said. Yeah. And uh, it's cool because yeah, like those were guys I looked up to, and then as and even like Kit Brennan, and then as I got a little farther into my career i started realizing holy shit man i'm gonna start fighting these guys i've been looking up to my whole life you know and then all of a sudden i started crossing paths with them um never crossed paths with Morassi. maybe that was for the best i don't know but i always wished i did just uh just out of a pay my a respectful kind of standpoint because yep. i just thought yep. that that would have been just awesome kit brennan was kind of a good one for me as far as like uh, i wish that he had ha- uh, he was a different kind of guy because i don't really I don't feel the same way about him as I did just because he kind of dirtied me for no reason and stuff like that. And I, yeah, just, uh, yeah. I, I, I literally yeah. asked him for a fight. I asked him, I was like, Hey man, like I've looked up to you. I've watched all your fights. Like, can you give me a fight? Like it'd be awesome. And he's just like, fuck you pretty much. So yeah, I kind of yeah. lost it for him, which kind of sucked. Cause that, w- yeah. that would have probably meant the most to me out of any of those fights that I had was probably would have been him. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was cool when I started getting into fighting these guys that I'd been looking up to, but yeah. I was more of a minor league guy, right? Like Bossy and Morassi are two two names that always come come out right away for me. No, for sure. And uh, like actually, uh, while we're uh, leaving Columbus, there uh, we're talking about Columbus. But uh, how was the atmosphere there? Good crowd. 
Yeah, it was awesome. And like, yeah. uh, they did, they did do good with me too. Like, I think they used me their a little bit of their intention. Well, obviously they wanted a tough guy, but they, I think the biggest reason they wanted to bring me there is they wanted to get some more fans in the seats. So, so they really took advantage of me and they, they really pumped me up and, and put out little commercials and, and, uh, they did whatever t-shirt night animal t-shirts and stuff like that and they did a good job and and I, and I was fighting like crazy so yeah the numbers went up and the fans got louder and yeah, um you'd hear my name getting chanted every once so like i heard it, i remember one time distinctively and i heard everyone chanting animal and i just i had goosebumps like like you could never imagine like i felt like oh it's just like i was floating almost and uh yeah man i think they did a really good job with uh promoting me and and uh that like i say that would it became uh this character that I started just being this entertainer. I was as much of an entertainer as I was, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a protector, right? Like I wasn't, I was out there to put fa- fans in the seat at the same time as make sure everyone on my team's protected and no one's fucking around. No, so. for sure. And that's, that, that's cool. And, uh, you know, like you, you get a nickname, like, uh, some of your, uh, your, your heroes that, you know, you looked up to, which is cool. And, uh, yeah. you know, like, uh, well, so like going on to the next season, so the 2012-2013 season, uh, you mentioned it already. Um, I was going to throw some names at you, but you mentioned that Kip Brennan. Uh, uh, yeah, I actually was watching some fights today. So was that the first one where he kind of sucker punched you? Behind the net, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I had asked him at the very beginning of that shift we lined up. I don't know who just scored, but we had a face-off at center. It might have been the beginning of the period. I, I can't remember, but... I lined up at center ice beside him and I said, Hey, like super politely asked him if I could get a fight and like literally told him like, Oh man, I like, I've seen all your fights. Like it'd mean a lot to me if you'd go me or whatever. Like I said it in probably the nicest way you could ever ask a guy to fight. And, uh, he basically looked at my name bar and says, fuck you. I don't even know who you are. And so I'm like, all right, well, whatever. This guy doesn't want to fight then. So I just assumed he didn't want to fight. And then we went on about my shift and then I get a shot on net and I kind of drive at the net, not even aggressively at all. And all of a sudden this guy, guy jumps on my back and kind of pushes me against the glass. And I was like, not expecting him to want to fight at all. Cause he already said no. So I'm, mm-hmm. I was really not even in fight mode in my mind at all. And he dropped his glove behind his back. So I couldn't see him. He just fucking drilled me and he caught me right at the, on the bottom side of my chin on my neck. I couldn't talk for fucking two weeks. Couldn't even say really? the word. I was I was on soup for two weeks because my throat hurt so bad. Holy fuck, that sucks. And but and yeah. I was just like, oh, right in the throat, and I fucking I ended up just taking him down or whatever. I don't even think I threw a punch because I was just like so shooken up by this throat shot. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, but you yeah, did, that you was did, our first you, one. But but even though like you you know like I know it wasn't uh, much of a fight or whatever, but I definitely you, overpowered him and tied him. Yeah, up. I was gonna say you still ended up finding a way to like to fold him, even though you ate yeah. that shot out, out of like, yeah. nowhere. Kind of like it's a funny. I watched that. Or... I watched that now, and I wish I choked him out when I had him on the ice there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm like, why didn't I hold him? I had him in a nice chokehold there, and I was watching, and I was like, man, why didn't I just squeeze him until the refs fucking ripped me off? Yeah, but still pretty <laughs> impressive. I mean, like the guy was, uh, you know, like he, the guy fought in the show, and you know, he was a, you know, per, like he was a killer, right? So uh, yeah, hundred percent, right? He, he fought everyone. Yeah. Uh, now uh, another guy I wanted to mention is uh, Aaron Bugard, obviously the boogeyman's brother. He fought at multiple levels, including uh, some preseason games in the NHL. Yeah, man. He was uh, – I actually loved – he was one of the guys that there's, – there's some guys that you just hate to fight, and then there's some guys that you just love to fight. That was one of the guys that I absolutely loved to fight because he was super nice, super humble, really respectful, 
Um, and not only that, he fought the style that I was fighting at the time. So I was just starting to be a pretty technical fighter in that year and trying to tie guys up and be, fight a little smarter, not, not bang with everyone right off the bat, especially with all these bigger guys. I had to get inside on him and just get in a, in a good position before I really started letting go. And mm-hmm. uh, he kind of fought, he kind of fought the same way. So we had these pretty cool little chess matches. And if you watch our fights, if you really know what, to, what you're looking at, which I'm sure you do, you'll see we're just fucking just, there's this chess match going on. And maybe a lot of people probably watch it and be like, well, what the fuck? Why aren't they punching yet here? But it was like the shit that was going on in both of our heads while we're doing it, we're switching and crossing and, and uh, just jockeying for position before we let go. And I think the one fight, uh, he ended up, I had him tied up really good and I cross grabbed him and I went to switch and I, I had him in a really vulnerable position and then he slipped his arm out of his jersey and mm-hmm. then ended up popping me pretty good and I think he bundled me a little bit and I, I went down and that was, I think, the first one. And then the second one, I got him with like a short little jab through the middle and I dropped him. So we never got a rubber match, but we both dropped each other once. That's pretty, that's, yeah, that's pretty cool, man. And obviously, yeah, yeah the, the, the legend's brother, right? And uh, Yeah, man. Um actually saying that you know like you're saying it's chess matches so uh did you do any like uh other training outside of the hockey fighting like did you do like mma and stuff like that not really man like uh i actually didn't really even start i did like a couple boxing classes i, I would say under a handful of boxing classes like I, I didn't even really know how to throw a punch at the time so my career was over when i started boxing was when i kind of realized holy shit i don't even know how to throw a punch and i i was fighting all these guys i didn't even know how to throw a punch so uh, that was pretty fu- that that was pretty interesting, especially with you know like seeing where I was at at that point and who I was fighting, and then I actually stepped my game up after hockey ended because I started boxing, and I was like, man, I wish I I wish I was doing this the whole time because it would have just put me on another level that what I was at. So, um, but yeah, not really, man. Basically, just um, after practice, I did I did a lot of after practice stuff. So we would do I would always try and find someone to kind of just jostle with and kind of work on tying people up and i actually had a guy that i had met through lacrosse rory smith did you know who brandon smith is i think he played for uh, detroit i'm not sure who he's with now but he's a yeah actually that, yeah yeah it rings a bell so yeah. brandon smith's brother rory smith he was the toughest guy in lacrosse essentially when he was playing and uh i had met him when i played junior lacrosse and he knew i was playing hockey down in the states and kind of making a run for the she knew what i was up to and he was super helpful but he talked to me through email and he would or he'd just show up and he'd send me an email and he'd be like hey work on this and he'd be he'd give me three fighters or whatever so one style he'd be like work on this this month and he'd pick a style and he'd send me like three or four videos of these certain styles. And then I would work on that for a month. And then he'd message me again and be like, all right, now you got that one. Look at, uh, look at these ones. And he, he had been almost coaching me through a computer on how to fight for years through my whole career. He was just kind of showing up. I didn't even know when I was going to hear from him. And he'd just pop out out of nowhere. And he'd send me a message. And then I'd kind of study those fighters. But um, it was cool. I, I got basically mentored through a computer with very, he didn't send me even that many emails, but I learned so much just from the players he was getting me to study. So I was literally just studying guys like, uh, I don't know, one guy, one guy that comes to mind was Manuel Franchette yep. um, from the Quebec League. He had a particular style of grappling and, and uh, I got kind of got that. And then I started just trying all these different styles and putting them on my tool belt. And then eventually it came to a point where I would just, I would have all of them and then mid fight, I'd be like, okay, well this guy's doing this. So I'm going to go with this guy's style. And I would just kind of 
figure out what I needed to do, and I would always be switching and and I and I'm cross grabbing and stuff like that. And I was just, I think that's how I did well is I was just always trying to stay a step ahead. So if they if they kind of oh they figure out what I'm doing and then they tie me up, well now I'm switching what I'm doing and throwing with my other hand, and I'd always just try and stay a step ahead that way. And I think that's kind of where my what my game developed into. It was just a multi tool that whatever I needed to pull out of my off the off the belt, I would pull it out and kind of just switch things up. I was never married to just one style. No, that's pretty cool. And just the fact that you know you learned how to fight uh, just by watching the different styles. Um, you know, uh, I got in a few tilts myself, not at the same level by any means, but you know, I could yeah. never th- throw my left. And one one thing that impressed me with you is that you can throw your right and your left. You know, so uh, yeah. The fact that you're able to switch and uh, you know use a different uh, type of uh, grips and everything else, it's a uh, it's a it's a science, you know. Yeah, it's a huge advantage. And like honestly, if I was the if I was working with anyone that was still playing, that was a fighter or whatever, and I was telling them anything or giving them any advice, one of the main things I would tell them is learn how to cross grab and learn how to switch. Because yes. it dep- I mean, I mean, it get, really just depends on who you're dealing with and what size they are. But let's say it's someone that's relatably my size to the people he's fighting. If he's a smaller guy and he's fighting a lot of bigger guys, uh, switching is pretty crucial and being able to cross grab is pretty crucial because you can't just go, you can't just string a big guy out. Like you're just going to get dummied every time. So yeah, man, it's, uh, I love that part of it. And once I started to figure that out and, and learn all these different things, it, it became really, really fun for me. And, and it's crazy to think that what I was really doing for a living, you know, like now that I'm a bit older and I got a family and stuff, I like, I look at those videos. I'm like, man, was I, was I crazy? Like, I don't know. Like, I'd still do it, but it's just, I don't know. I, I had, you have that in your head when you're, when you're in your early twenties, you're just full of piss and vinegar, ready to go. And, um, I miss it. I miss it sometimes, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I, uh, I think that definitely helped my game was being able to switch. No, for sure. And even the fact that you're saying that, you know, like you learned a lot of stuff about boxing uh, after the fact, yeah. um, you know, like, <laughs> while you, while you were going at it, uh, that season, for example, like you were fighting guys like, uh, you know, uh, Kip Brennan, uh, Eric Lizon, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Alex Penner, fuck you name it. You know what I mean? So many. Yeah, so, every heavy so, in the league, man. So many fucking giants, you know, guys that yeah. have played all, all over the place. And, uh, you yeah. know, that's not, it's pretty crazy. And, uh, you know, uh, actually, like, well, so we'll go into your, your final season. Um, you know, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we had a few things in common. So uh, we both fought the same guy. Uh, oh, yeah in uh cory bellamy so uh oh yeah nice uh, I, was, I used to he's a beauty i used to play yeah, with him too yeah well well for me it was more of a one-sided beat down in my case <laughs> but but at, at least i wasn't eating out of a straw for the whole night yeah, but, no uh, doubt but uh you, all, you, all, you also played with bells right yeah i played with bellsy it's actually funny because there's a fight that you can watch of me and bellsy and if you listen to the announcer he says oh this is like watching your cousin and your brother go at it in the backyard and it was because uh, we were, we were like, best, we're not best. We were like, yeah, we were best pals on the team, like on Columbus. And we just traded him a week before. And then okay. now we're fighting in Columbus. And uh, it was just, yeah, it was, it was cool, man. It was a good experience. Me and him always uh, made mega, mega respect for that guy. I'm still in touch with him. I actually just messaged him the other day and congratulated him. He just had a, had a baby and uh, yeah, congratulations, Belzy, if you're listening. Cause uh, yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. And um yeah, I have major respect for that guy. I mean, he he's done some wild shit while I was on the ice with him too, and he's got us into a couple Donny Brooks. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, 
yeah, so, but, like, uh, I was going to ask you, too, like, is it is it weird fighting a teammate, I guess, or you're, well, you did it with Morgan honestly, James, I guess, too, but. Yeah, honestly, for me, like, I'm so disconnected from my off-ice to on-ice. Like, I'm just, like I say, I feel like I'm just too, di- I'm not, I'm also not the kind of guy where I'm, like, a fucking, I'm not an asshole. I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, I'm just out there doing my job, and that's just how I always took it, and that's how I always was. So, for me, it wasn't really ever hard fighting a teammate just because I didn't look at them any different. I still respect every guy that I'm fighting just as much as I respect my teammates. So, for me, it was just, like, uh, it wasn't it wasn't really much of anything different. I knew it was just a handshake at the end and we were we were still buddies, right? As far as me anyways. I'm not I'm not the kind of guy that's gonna hold a grudge off the ice. I'm I'm sure most hockey guys aren't, but um yeah, I didn't really find it that much difficulty in it, honestly. I didn't really think of it anything different than I think everyone that's kinda of, or most guys that are in that role would probably say something similar that it was just kinda of what you had to do. It wasn't really a choice at that point. Oh, for sure. And uh Actually, uh, that same season, uh, some of uh, some really great bouts that you had were against a guy called uh, Justin Sawyer. Um, he, yeah, yeah, he kind of looked. He kind of looked like the McGratton of the of the season. Yeah, he would be. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. He came and seen me, so he flew out to Vancouver, and he came and we went out and and uh, we went for dinner together and brought our our women at the time and. Uh, we it was funny. Yeah, we we caught up and told old stories and. I, uh, when I went to meet, when I first seen him or whatever, I hadn't seen him in a few years since we were both playing and I shook his hand and I looked down at his mitts and I'm kind of thinking about in my head, I'm just like, fuck, I used to fight these guys. I used to fight guys <laughs> like this. I was like, holy shit. I'm just like sizing him up while I'm sitting at the dinner table with him. Like just looking at the size of his head and the size of his hands. I'm just like, Jesus, what was I thinking? Like, mm. you know, if I seen this guy at the bar and he's like, let's go. I don't know, man. Like super big, deep voice, but he's a super good guy, man. Like huge heart and I actually, when I fought him, I had known, I partied with him once in Tulsa when he was visiting Tulsa to play Tulsa. We never ended up fighting that year. And then the next year we ended up fighting, but I was in uh, Rapid City where he was playing. And then uh, we scrapped and we're in the penalty box. He says, hey, Ames, what are you doing after the game? I'm like, well, fuck, I'm, I'm, in, I'm on the road. I'm going to sit in the dressing or sit in the, in the uh, hotel room and whatever. I, I don't got nothing to do. What are you, what are you doing? He's like, come over for dinner. I'll pick you up. And this is while we're in the penalty box. The guy, I'm sure the guys working the clock are just like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? They just <laughs> went full tilt trying to kill each other. And now they're going to have dinner. So uh, I was like, yeah, for sure. hundred percent. And I was like, all right, I'll be standing outside. And I got back to the hotel and I walk outside and there he is in his car and picked me up, took me to his house. His chick made us some food and we had a pint and uh, we hung out and it was like, we were best friends for forever. Like it was crazy. We, we just buddied up right away. And then from that point forward, I just, yeah, man, I feel like that's how it should be. And he gave me a good talking to as like an older, more experienced fighter and telling me, you know, this is how it should be. This is how everyone should be. And, you know, we all need to stick together because, you know, if we're not fighting each other, then we're all going to lose jobs kind of thing. And it was, uh, yeah, it was super awesome to, to get some of that respect that I had given out and get it back. Cause I felt like, you know, there's, that's, that's what most of the guys are, right? It's just, uh, everyone's the same as far as like fighters on the ice. We're not out there fighting because we want to hurt other people. We're out there fighting because we want to protect our guys and make sure everyone's good. So, um, yeah, it was, it was cool, man. I like that guy. He's, he's one of my, still to this day, I'd call him a friend. So Yeah, no, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. I, I remember, uh, well, I watched one of your fights. I think it was this week. 
and I just saw the respect at the end of the fight. But actually, I was going to ask you, like, before those uh, before those tilts, because obviously you guys are going shot for shot, but do you guys kind of tell each other, you know, we're going to go uh, no defense on this one? Not really. I think it just kind of grew from the first one, and it just kind of became something that we knew was just going to happen every time we fought. It was okay. kind of just, all right, well, we're just going toe-to-toe. I don't know how it happened the first time, but – I just ended up going left, and he went ended up going right, and we just went, and then, and then it just kind of grew from there. Every t- after that first one, I think every fight after that, we were just like fucking going, and maybe we had talked, maybe we had exchanged some words mid-fight and said switch or whatever it was. I don't even know, but um, yeah, that kind of just grew into a thing that whenever I fought Sawyer, I knew I was just gonna swing. So you guys had your own uh, Marasti Bosse fight in the yeah PHL, which is kind of <laughs> cool. So. Yeah, it was yeah, fun. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't as long and I would say there wasn't as hard of punches exchanged, just like that Marassi bossy fight was vicious, but no, uh, it's sure. hard but to get a punch in when the guy's six inches yeah. taller than you. But there were some good blows in there. Uh, oh, 100%, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, like obviously like you were talking about uh, a few seconds ago, uh, you know, like with the growing family, uh so you got two kids? I got two, yeah. Okay, yeah, my, little... my my son is two. My son's about yeah, he's two and a bit. He just turned two a couple months ago, and then my uh, my daughter is just about six months. Nice, nice, right on. Yeah, yeah. my uh, my my daughter's uh, just three months right now. So obviously, oh, nice. uh, congrats. Yeah, yeah, she's just, yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, congrats to you too. And uh, obviously, you. she's just getting stronger. You know, uh, starting oh, to sit up. Crazy man. Yeah. I'm sure she'll be uh, crawling around all over the place, probably like you're six months old. Um, yeah, she's just getting there right now. So Yeah, um, but is that uh, partly the reason why you decided to hang up the skates? Because uh, you were still fairly young, right? Yeah, I stopped early. It was uh, definitely just a change in speed, man. I was going through some stuff in my personal life, and, uh, you know, it's sometimes something that I regret, and sometimes it's something that I – you know, I wish I had been able to go longer with, and I and it, I still have days where I, I beat myself up over it, like, what was I thinking? But um, I think that everything happens for a reason, and I came back, and, and I ended up hanging them up, and it, it, like I say, it wasn't easy for me by any means, but uh, I think lacrosse was probably my saving grace. Uh, you know, I wasn't playing year-round, so I was able to do it where I could get a couple days in, but yeah, I, uh, like I say, I was going through some stuff, and I... I uh, I came back and that was basically it for me. And, you know, it's like I say, it's, it's pretty tough to, to look back and think, man, if I would have just gone a couple more years, there would have been a serious shot at, at making a name for myself. But especially in that window of time, I feel like it would have been my last chance, you know, like I maybe had like a few year window to really, to make it, to have a shot to, to even play a game, you know? So yeah, man, I definitely think about that lots, but I did uh, shut it down early and, uh, you know, I look back now and I think everything happened for a reason. Who knows what could have happened if I was still down there for another? I probably still would have been down there fighting, honestly. Uh, like you said, everything happens for a reason, but you're still playing yeah. lacrosse. So how's that going? Yeah. Lacrosse is great. You know, I've had my ups and downs, and um, yeah, there's I've dealt with some shit as far as my lacrosse careers, and uh, they've been kind of going through the same kind of thing as far as like hockey's going through, just trying to kind of eliminate fighting altogether essentially is kind of what I think their end, end, end intention is which is kind of bunk because it's, it's like I say it makes the game dirtier and all there's all sorts of reasons that we need fighting in a sport when you're carrying a weapon um, especially it's it, maybe not if there was never fighting in it but the fact that there was at some point and like there's people slashing each other and stuff like you need to have fighting in that you can't just uh, you know you can't just fucking let guys swing away like that and uh, not fight them so I dealt with some stuff I ended up having the league threaten my team 
they said they were going to fine my team $1,000 a game every time they put me in a jersey. And this was a couple seasons ago. And this is in the WLA, Western Lacrosse Association. They had no rights to do it. They didn't put anything on paper. They just verbally told my team that. And so I had ended up getting released by my team. They're saying, we can't play you. We're going to get fined, this and that. Um, you can't say anything about it is what my team said. You can't, like, you know, don't go online and, and uh, blast the league for this because, you know, they didn't even really put anything on paper. But this is what it is, man. Like, I'm sorry. And, and the shitty part was I never even did anything that season. There was nothing that they were – it wasn't like I just got suspended and they're like, oh, you're not coming back. Like, I wasn't I – wasn't, I had no – I wasn't fresh off suspension, nothing like that. It was just – Gee, the league was run by a new guy that year, I guess, and uh, he decided that he didn't like me for whatever reason, and he decided he was going to try and get me out of the league, and he basically essentially kicked me out of the league without actually officially doing it. And so I had a lawyer at the time. I ended up fucking sending a letter to the league and saying that I was going to whatever, sue them. I kind of was just kind of trying to stir the pot at that point. I blasted him on social media put them out i'm like wheel what is this and then everyone's like kind of there was no grounds for it i didn't do anything so uh, i dealt with that the one year and then i just came back the next year and played and no one ever said anything so but yeah i dealt with some i've definitely dealt with uh some some of that stuff i mean you're a minority and uh <laughs> i guess that's uh yeah that's that's how it is right if you're some people aren't gonna like you when you're doing that and keeping people honest and stuff like that so uh, I've dealt with a lot of that shit up here, which kind of sucks. But I'm back playing, and I I love it. And it's a, it's a different it's a different game, you know. I, I'm it's not like I'm going to be fighting 40 times in this season. I'd be lucky to see one, you know. Yeah. Um, especially up here, I really did make a name for myself in lacrosse. So I don't really get too many tilts anymore. Um, like I say, one or two a season at the most. Uh, so. Um, yeah, there's not tons of action, but I actually love playing the game, and it's fun, and it's a challenge for me, and I feel like every every time I touch the floor, I get better and stuff. So I was really excited for this year. I, came, I was probably coming in the best shape I came in uh, since I played hockey down in the States, and then obviously all this COVID shit happened, which is a total bummer because I, I was ready to go and getting pumped up for the season, and now we don't have one. So it's kind of shitty, but I think I'll probably pump out one more year next year and uh, see how it goes if we still got the same team. So hopefully I'll get another year in anyways. And is there uh, any, like, senior hockey there uh, down there as well? Or? Not here, no, not in BC. So I'm, I'm, fuck, I wish, man. Like, I've looked into it and wondered, you know, like, why isn't there? It doesn't really make any sense that there isn't. But, um, yeah, there's not really any senior hockey here. I think there might be – I don't even think there's any senior hockey in BC, okay. to be honest. Yeah. There yeah, might yeah. be some, there might be uh, some, some up north or something, but I don't think there is, is anymore. But yeah, it would have been cool to be to have a senior hockey league. I would, I would definitely be playing still if, if there was some senior hockey up here. Yeah, and what are you doing outside of uh, playing lacrosse? So I work on the tugboats. So I've, uh, I work on the logger on the water. So uh, yeah, it's, we work seven days on, seven days off, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty savage job on the on the body, but it's basically a sport in itself. So it's uh, right up my alley. Right on. So you're staying in shape, yeah. then? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, uh, yeah, we go out there like all the logs that get stored. So all the logs will get cut down, and then they'll send them down to the mill, and they'll kind of just trim them up and clean them up and cut them into big, you know, raw lumber, like raw logs, and then they'll throw them in the water, and then we'll kind of wrap bundle them all up and put them on giant, uh, whatever. They'll put they'll bundle them all together, and then we basically move them all around and drop them off at mills and stuff like that. So. It's uh it's a pretty intense job, but it's a really good job, good pay. I'm in the Longshoremen's Union, 
so we're all uh, set up. My family's really well taken care of with medical and stuff like that. So it's it's nice, and it's like a good. It's a everyone I work with is an athlete. You know, nice. it's either it's nice. either basically the only people that really stick around this job are people that are athletic and have some because they're like you're out there on rolling logs and stuff with your spiked boots. It's not, you know, yeah. it's not uh, definitely not for the faint of heart, and it's definitely not for someone that isn't super athletic. So it's, you know, we hire, we'll hire 10 guys and maybe two guys will stay. Two guys will make the cut. So it's pretty low percentage of uh, guys, but it's lots of team guys. And we have lots of fun out there when we're working and stuff. And it's hard work, but I, uh, it's, I kind of treat it as a sport. Yeah, for sure. Man, I, I really appreciate you uh, coming on. You ready for the interrogation? Yeah, let's do it. Who's your favorite NHL enforcer of all time? Probert. Hands down. Yeah, right. Yeah, you never, and I'll never wear the number 24 either. Like, I played men's league team, and they're like, here, Ames, you're wearing this jersey. I'm like, I'm not wearing that jersey. That jersey is retired. Amani centering pass, Probert shot score. His second of the night. Amani picks up another assist. His third point of the night to go along with a goal. Amani with two helpers, and it's 5 0 Chicago. Well, I was just about to answer your question, Jeff, in that uh, the only likely, uh, uh, the only other likely candidate for Chicago to get into a tussle would be Probert. But here Probert finds himself in front of the net, the puck hitting a skate directed right onto his stick, and he shoots a low shot between the legs of Roberto Luongo, his second goal of the night and third of the season. So Probert having a big night. If you were forced to go up for karaoke, what's your song? Friends in Low Places. I toasted you, said, honey, we may be through, but you'll never hear me complain. Cause I got friends in low places where the whiskey drowns and the beer chases my blues away. Slip on down to the oasis, so I've got a friend in love, basic. I like that one, actually. <laughs> uh, uh, what's your favorite sport outside of playing hockey and lacrosse? Uh, baseball. So you pretty good? Uh, I, I was when I was younger. I was definitely always a better ball player than... Uh, than um than hockey that was for sure i was always definitely everyone thought i'd do something with ball not hockey so but i just kind of liked hockey a little bit more but you know honestly i guess if i'm saying like the one sport that i'm still really doing outside of hockey and lacrosse is actually uh boxing so i mean i would say that that, that boxing and hockey or boxing and uh, baseball i guess would be my next two fuck i, w- I would have loved to see you in uh, some of those uh, baseball brawls oh yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> i don't think I'd, i don't think they'd keep me around after one of those though Right on. I do a little skit in my intro where I talk about the stuff that pisses me off. Um, what's your pet peeve? What's my pet peeve? People that work slow. Definitely my pet peeve. I, I'm just a really quick worker. I just, I'll, I'll jump in and I'll, I'll, I'll need to do it for you. Just move aside. Just let me do it. Yeah. And uh, in that same regard, what's your pet peeve uh, while playing hockey? Pet peeve while playing hockey, probably just the when you got those goal scorers that just don't respect the role of me protecting them. You know, I've had a, I've had multiple. Oh man, it makes me mad to think about those guys. You know, when you get those, there's always that one guy on the team that thinks that why the fuck's this guy get all the attention? He's just a fighter. He's not even a good player. This and that, and they just kind of shrug their shoulder off to you, and they just 
I don't know. There's there's one player in particular. I'm not going to say his name, but I'm definitely thinking about him. I can understand that. Um, yeah. And uh, did did you have any pregame rituals? And uh, what is the funniest one uh, that you've seen in your playing days, whether it was yours or, or somebody else's? Ah, <laughs> uh, man, I've seen some weird ones. I had a goalie that would have to get two Gatorades every single in between every period. He get there's two different colors of juice. Or no, sorry, he'd get one juice and one water, and he'd put them in the exact same place every single time. Um, I didn't really have too many myself, I would say. Uh, actually, okay, this is this is kind of a weird one. I don't even know if I should tell anyone this, but I don't know how this happened, but I had this weird French guy on my team. Uh, no, I don't even think I could tell this story. I see the okay, weird you, shit. I'll tell you, you after. I'll tell you after. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So keep, all right. But there was some weird – there was definitely some weird ones. Yeah. And that's, pre, and that's pregame. Pre-game, and I'll tell you one thing: it led to a twelve-game, a twelve-goal scoring streak. This this ritual. Oh fuck! But you didn't have yeah. anything though. You didn't have to tape your stick a certain way. Not really, man. I honestly didn't. There was there was more for me. My prep was happening uh, before I got to the rink, so there was a okay. few things like I would always watch. Like most of the time, I'd be watching the fights of the guy that was on the other team and kind of studying him. But there was never any like real ritual or real. Uh, yeah, there wasn't any. Then okay. it, I would always mix it up. If I mean, if something worked, if I was like, oh, if I had a, a goal or something, or I played really well, I would try and do the same thing I did the day before. But I never really, I didn't get too many goals, so I didn't stay into doing habits of the same thing too much. I think I was usually trying to mix it up, so I'd try and get some goals or something. <laughs> uh, and uh, finally, last question: What is a bucket list uh, location that you'd like to go to, uh, once the whole COVID is gone uh, with your family? Um, I think I want to go to Italy. I think like Italy, and then. I, I just want to do uh, I want to do a little bit of Europe, but definitely I think Italy would be one one place, and then Portugal, where my that's where I come from, Portuguese. So I have family in Portugal, so I'd obviously want to do that too. But I was talking to my chick the other day; it'd be really cool to go see like uh, Venice or something like that. And uh, yeah, I think it'd be cool that way. Right on, that's awesome, man. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot for joining me, man. And you had a, a lot of scraps in your career. I'll, hopefully, I can get you on again and uh, ask you some more questions. It was a good time having you on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, always a good time. Yeah, call me whenever. I'll, I'll be happy to come back.